Hello, everyone, and welcome to Divergent Politics. I'm your host, Lara Hodge. I'm neurodivergent, and politics has always been my special interest. My husband, Tristan Hodge, is neurotypical and apolitical. So he's here to translate for anyone who isn't autistic or a hyper or an online political junkie. Hello. Uh, we're officially going live now, so uh, please bear with us while we work out whatever new technical issues are bound to crop up. We're learning as we go, but uh, we've got a great episode for you tonight. Uh, first up, I found a single video that is related to politics, sports, Swifties, and punk music. I didn't think such a video uh, with broad appeal existed. Um, and we've got one of your favorite songs sung by one of your least favorite people. Not all Laras are the same. Uh, next, we'll get a quick lesson in labor history and then current labor headlines. Tonight, we're learning a little bit about the Red Scare and then a quick look at 2023 labor year interview. Then we're going to spot the propaganda. Tonight's topic is more about the propaganda of actions, not specific words and how to make it look like you're doing something about a problem, while not only not doing anything at all, but while actively making the problem worse. Following that, we'll have our mutual aid signal boost. Then we'll jump into political headlines. Last episode, I managed to end my presentation early and we didn't do two of the segments that we teased. Uh, one of them we are going to do tonight because I do think it's important and that's uh, Jeff Bezos, the landlord. Uh, the other, the Harlan Crispina, wasn't that important. There were just some funny sound bites in it. So we're just going to move on from that for now. Um, and new tonight, a whole slew of headlines. And then a judge was attacked on the bench. Uh, we'll finish off headlines with an apolitical palate cleanser. Tonight, it's Hero Cat Saves Her Dog Friend. And then uh, we'll wrap up any loose ends from the episode and end on a positive note. So let's get started. Let's do it. this so uh we have it says full performance here but it's just a little clip uh green day performed at the uh dick clark's new year's rock and eve uh, which is weird that we still dick call clark's it that. still alive no no he's not and oh okay it's been hosted by ryan seacrest for years and that's that's we, strange we still call it that yeah it is um, but they decided to Change things up. Um, so it's a little 15 second clip. It's not the whole thing. But see if you can spot the difference from their normal. So, yeah. I, I figured out the difference. What's that? They're 30 years older. Yes. Yes, they are. So um, if you couldn't hear that, the line was changed from I'm not part of the redneck agenda to I'm not part of the mega agenda. Yeah, I've, I've kind of got little bits and pieces of people losing their mind over this. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, what should have happened is, you know, when you heard, it, heard him say it, you looked at the person standing next to you, you went, huh? And then moved on with your life. Right. And if you put any energy into this, you are truly an American idiot. And we're going to talk about some of those videos. Oh, good. Yep. Oh, good. All right. So first, first video, Travis Kelsey reacts to Green Day dissing Donald Trump during a New Year performance. Did he diss Donald Trump? Very much. Uh, very slightly. <laughs> so this is uh, maybe the, the first take we see on this. This guy. 
<laughs> I love uh, Taylor Swift. I don't care. This is about me. I love Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh, I don't think she's. What, like, why do any of us care what the fuck Travis Kelsey has to say? We don't. But so like, many people do. This because he's a sports star. So many um, people. Sports care. guy gets mad at band. Yeah. No, he's not mad at the band. No, oh, he's oh, not. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, so, gotcha. So now, you, now it's okay. Still, he's no, still, I still don't care. <laughs> No, I this was this is not for you and I. This is for uh everybody else. It's really silly. Um, we're, we're not going to get into all the tweets and all the whatever. Um, but people are losing their minds saying, like, oh, the, they're, you know, they're corporate sellouts. They're, you know, they're they're going to. It's, it's Nobody like, paid them for that. It's there really. Was, no money exchanged hands for that. I mean, I don't change. Know, it's in, you know, fucking corporate media. They probably got paid, but so what? That's, they, well, they got paid for their performance, right. but no one was like, hey, can oh, you change oh, the spoken gotcha, word? Yeah, yeah, right. No, Give you a bonus. No, definitely no. They got paid for the performance, but not no. They're just updating for the current situation. What kills me is I've been driving a work vehicle that doesn't have Bluetooth in it, so mm -hmm. I'm listening to local radio, and I've heard the same fucking guy with the most monotone voice I've ever heard describe this story <laughs> three different times. Oh, three different yeah. times. Like it's not that big of a story, and yeah. he's just. Oh, they decided to get political with their song. Right, that's the thing. It's the Wait, same thing. As that's what it like, was when it came out. Right, it's like them getting like frustrated and rage against the machine. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. Like, oh, they decided yeah. to get political. What do you mean? What do you mean? Decided to. Yeah. Ever yeah. since. Ever since. Ever since. So funny. Like that's the point of them. Which would be funnier if he didn't also do the picture. Right. Right. I'm trying to like stick it to him and like, oh, we got your mugshot. But he also immediately released t-shirts with his mugshot on them. And what did they say? Like, never give up. Never, never surrender. But it's like your mugshot officially means you have surrendered. <laughs> like you're, you're in the place where you do the surrendering. <laughs> so yeah, mugshot, never surrender. All right, so here we go. This is the whole the whole headline of this is Travis Kelsey's reaction, right? Mm -hmm. This is so mild. <laughs> That's his big condemnation condemnation of Trump. Way to go, brother. Put <laughs> Joel Armstrong. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't that silly? Not a waste of energy. Right? Like, this whole thing is just so silly. But I you know, figured it was a start off with this easy subject today before we get into the, the heavy gross stuff. Don't be an American idiot. Yes. Yeah, that's the, yeah, the, that's moral. the moral. That's the moral lesson here. All right. 
heavily praised. Mm -hmm. For getting involved getting... in politics. <laughs> he didn't vote. He didn't stand up and give a PSA. He tweeted. <laughs> Not even a criticism, but just like an agreement of what he did. But good job for you for getting involved in politics. Proud of you, brother. When I choose Washington as my general in a video game, then I'm getting involved in politics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Called him out. He didn't even call him out. Somebody read a headline, made like this, this one, one, and was like, oh my god, he did the thing. And didn't actually didn't go actually, into it. Yeah. No, this is. I mean, this does say he reacts, not calls him out, and I guess technically, you know, right on No, but I'm sure you yeah. could write a headline that would make it seem oh, like he 100%. fucking threw a spear at him. Right, yeah, you know? or gave a whole speech. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Or did a, a TikTok, something. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. I like, aren't the, the royal couple of the United States? Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I mean, at least we pick them. Yeah, they're better than our political loyalty <laughs> that we don't actually pick. Uh, <laughs> we just give a stone box. I'm thinking more like the actual royal family. Right, of course, but I'm saying like the American version of that would you think be our politicians, but we get less choice in them than we do in our celebrities. <laughs> How's that for democracy? <laughs> nobody, nobody chose uh, democratic you know, capitalism. Yeah, something like nobody chose chose Chelsea Clinton as like American sweetheart. <laughs> <It's> not. <laughs> uh, himbo. Himbo as in bimbo, but a boy. Oh, okay, that's a new term for me. Oh, I like yeah, it. that's been around. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I instantly thought of three people that that fit. Yeah. <laughs> that's excellent. Yeah, yeah. himbo, male, male bimbo. Um. But as much as like usually when sports stars go out and talk about politics, I kind of roll my eyes and say no, the same. He did thing. the same thing that I that I was just saying. Yeah. When when you hear that line, you look at the person next to you, you go, "Ha," and you move on with your fucking life. No. Like it, it was it was a, a lame little dad joke, and you and you chuckle and go on. Yeah. But, I don't know. I'm okay. Like uh, one of the the shows I listen to, Two Dissidents, Russell always talks about people in Hollywood coming out with their political views and he hates it and he just wants them to shut up and act. Mm -hmm. I disagree with him on that. I think everybody should be talking about political shit all the time and it shouldn't be shoved to the back. Those people and... talking about it is different than people blindly following. Of course. And that, that and, you know, and, that's... And I think that's more to his point is that, you know, people are like, well, Taylor feels this way. I'm just going to feel that but, way. But and because... that's a terrible reason, even if you're following the, the, the right you're not wrong. yeah like, of course you should but never it, blindly follow anyone but i think the culture of telling celebrities and sports stars to shut up and stay out of politics makes that worse sure sure like I, no you you as a person as a consumer of information you have to weight your information accordingly right uh you know to how true it is how relevant it is and yeah the source where's it coming from yeah most people don't pay that much attention. most people don't pay that much attention Critical thinking, but would would make it so pop stars could say whatever the fuck they want and it would be fine. Well, that's but lack of critical thinking means people follow them, which we don't teach in school anymore. Right. So people follow them blindly. All right, let's just finish this out. Ah, sorry, clicked on the wrong thing. 
Yeah, that's what we just said. Yep. Forgot that was part of that. Both. Yeah. Yeah, both. Exactly. Depends on, and not depends on what they're saying, whether they're right or wrong or whatever, but it just depends on how highest uh, informed. Yeah, I mean, it's a conclusion we come to a thousand times. You know. Yeah. It's complicated. Right. It's gray. Yeah. All right. Okay. So now. Whose opinion do we really want on this topic, the Green Day topic? Obviously, we want Laura's opinion. Not this Laura. Not Laura Hodge. Laura Jones. I'm unfamiliar. She's she... Eric's wife. Okay. Eric Trump, Donald Trump's younger son. So not daughter his. Yeah, Donald Trump's daughter. Okay, gotcha. All right. So um, here's her take on. God, how cool would it be if she, if she had a hyphenated last name? Like, right? Because Eric is his actual son, right? Yeah. So she's so she's married in. Yeah. I'd, I'd feel feel like it would be cool if she didn't just take the name oh, and right. did the icon. Here. What? That's exactly what punk rock is. That is exactly. What it is. Yeah. But yeah. So here's here's the thing. So, are you saying that he's insulting MAGA by comparing it to redneck? Because I don't know that that's actually true, right? If you really want to look deep and figure it out, like it's just a group of people he doesn't agree with. And it well, used to be the rednecks, and now it's the MAGA people. Right. He's not calling MAGA people rednecks. No. Necessarily. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like, not. But I don't think they're the same. Um, but so, yeah. So she has her own show called The Right View with Laura Trump. So that's where this is from. And then this guy oh shared boy, it on Twitter. Oh, that slaps. Yeah. He's, yeah. So this Ron Filipkowski, he's a right wing. Just Two days after this video came out, I had to scroll through his timeline for like minutes trying to find this because he all he does is post Twitter. I don't even know like it's mm. all right. Let me hit play again on this, but it's totally fine. Oh, what happened? Why did I keep going on? Oh, did I? Yep. Ah, my bad. Sorry. Yeah, Green Day for of I mean, I, I don't think it's the same at all, but mm -hmm. I, because I actually think she has a point there that like all that did was hurt him. Like, yeah. So, you know, sorry, dude, you're of, not in the top hundred people on right, Spotify. Right. You didn't hurt Spotify. I don't think really, you understand how Spotify right, works. It's kind of an empty protest. And in the name of censorship, which as much as I don't like Joe Rogan, I absolutely support his right to say yeah. and do whatever the fuck yeah, he wants absolutely. on his own show. 
Yeah. Right. Um, it that goes both ways, though. Mm -hmm. If you want to criticize Joe Rogan, you should absolutely be able to do so. Right. Yeah. Of course, like, you cannot be pro censorship to one side. Right. So that's not how right. censorship works. Yeah, and and don't let Lara Trump pull you. She will censor you in a fucking oh, in heartbeat. a minute. In a I mean, that, she's trying to cancel Green Day now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your establishment. Right. And so being anti-MAGA is... Yeah, your establishment. <laughs> We're trying to be a, a version of it. What do you mean I'm not kind? Right. Just not your kind. Right. All right. So, all right. For real, Lara Trump did a cover of Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down. And I was just Googling it. I was just looking at her up, just getting, you know, whatever. And I found this. And I went to it because I wanted to laugh at it and I wanted to hate it. And it fucking slaps. <laughs> so we're gonna right, listen to right. your favorite song by one of the So leaders. when you said that, I immediately when you said, you know, your favorite person doing the mm -hmm. song or worst person doing song or whatever you said, I immediately thought of uh, Kissinger doing uh, Lose Yourself. <laughs> okay, that would be excellent. <laughs> but so we're gonna listen so, to this. So this I had to think that now yeah, you have no. to think so. And I got to sit through this, so now you get to, too. It's uh, it's pretty good. I was impressed. So, hate her politics, but she apparently can sit. All right. And I got the lyrics on here. You hear it? Mm The voice, yeah, it's a little more monotone than Tom Petty, yeah, seems like it should get a little more, but yeah, it's also a slower, more acoustic version. There you go, right. It's also maybe not like the best recording. It's a little tinny. But. I can dig it. We're gonna listen to it. <laughs> Hilarious to think of her, how victim complex and persecuted does she have to feel to Green Day has attacked song. me. <laughs> and she's one of the most and, people on I mean, here. are they the most punk band out there? No, of course not. But if you're offended by something that they say, you should probably stop and think about it. Think about what you're doing. Right. But that's a good version. It's a good cover. Like, I karaoke it. I mean, I don't sing along with it in the shower. <laughs> sure, sure. It's karaoke. You don't hear her singing. No, this wasn't like in response. No, right? no, I just, just found this. Okay. <laughs> I figured I'd share it. Mm. 
guess I never realized how simple this song was. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of lyrics. That's true of most songs, though, really. Yeah. When you, if you weren't, you know, read the lyrics, you're like, oh, okay, that's yeah, pretty basic. I should know how to make those go away. If Taylor's watching, he's yelling, YouTube premium. I did YouTube premium. Oh. I did do that. I did do that. <laughs> I don't get the ads, but I still get this thing. Come gotcha. on, Taylor, help me out. What am I doing wrong? All right. Okay. So, well, that was fun. Yeah, that was cute, right? Music break. Music break, exactly. Our next piece, we got our uh, labor headlines or labor history and headlines. So, so real quick though, sure. it's is Trump still using Make America Great again? Or oh yeah, changed to something else. No, no, hundred percent. MAGA, MAGA people, we're MAGA. We're... So, I know it's it's different, but historically, anyone that's ran twice has they ever used the same. They always come up with a different one, right? I've actually never thought about it. I've never, never even. Just curious. I mean, he didn't come up with it in the first place. It was Ronald Reagan's. So. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah, he stole it from Reagan. Nice. Not even like far back. Just like. <laughs> oh boy, did Reagan do that? Oh man. Yeah. Where do we go now? Now we got this week in labor history. So as always, credit to St. Louis Southern Illinois Labor Tribune. Um, they have a uh, website that does uh, this week in labor history, and I'll I go through there and pull out a um, out a topic to talk about. So uh, we're going to talk about today uh, something called the known as the Palmer Raids. Oh yeah. Um, so in what became known as the Palmer Raids, Attorney General Mitchell Palmer arrested 4,000 foreign-born labor activists. Um, so I have a little video on this I found on YouTube, a channel called Making History with Bill Scott. It's pretty interesting, some cool stuff. So we're going to let him talk to us about the Red Scare and the Palmer Raids. That's not Palmer, is it? Right. Yeah, Woodrow Wilson. Okay. Yeah, Attorney General. He was super pissed, um, just took it super personally, uh, anything labor activist, labor, whatever, labor. What, what happened to him? His house was bombed. Gotcha. It was a series of bombings, um, and his house was part of that. I mean, when labor activists are bombing your house, you may want to think about what <laughs> you're doing with your life. But, uh, they don't bomb anyone. Yeah, for no my fucking reason. Yeah, yeah I've never been bombed by a labor activist. No. Just throwing that out there.
What a gross abuse of power and waste of funds. Right. If if I ran the the small Oregon town police department where I live and arrested 3000 people and only convicted 50 of them, I would be burned at the fucking stake. Like th that is incredible inefficiency. Oh, hold on. We it sounds like we got some tech issues. It sounds like the audio is not coming through for much. Slideshows. Maybe one second. Maybe one second. Yeah. 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 Point of the super chat, so I'm not sure. All right, but let me reshare this and see if it's down. Sorry about that. What should have happened during that? Go forward. So did we not hear the the other one? Oh, let's see if we want. Okay. So we got uh now the current labor uh headlines. Labor strikes, banking drama, and Barbie. Here's a look back at the US economy in 2023. Video's here. All right, let's see if we can hopefully hear that one. Business news. 2023 yeah. was a year dominated okay. by strikes and inflation. NBC News's business reporter is looking back at the year in the economy. It was the year of picket lines, bank blowups, and Barbie. The economy steered clear of a recession, but the biggest theme of all worker power. No justice. No Across the country, over half a million teachers, pharmacists, fast food workers, and more went on strike. The biggest ones yeah, targeting Hollywood there. and the wow. Motor City. Oh, TV and movie production halted when the Writers Guild first walked out in May, with actors and performers joining two months later. In the fall, members of the United Auto Workers forced stoppages at Detroit's big three automakers, further empowered by President Biden's unprecedented visit to the picket line. An attack on a okay, worker yeah, anywhere. Right now. There was something going on. So. Everything else was something in here. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. After months of shutdown, the question is who came out better on the oh, other side? Video, the Hollywood standstill cost $6 oh, okay. billion dollars in lost important. wages and business impacts. Ford, GM, and Stellantis lost over $3.5 billion in profits together. Nobody the lost were anything. With actors' wages rising more than 7%. Mm -hmm. Writers up 12.5%, and auto workers a whopping 25%. Inflation is easing up. We're still talking about inflation. Annual inflation is slowly coming down. Still, high inflation showed signs of improving, dropping from over 6% to about 3% by year's end. Some things got cheaper compared to a year ago. Gas yeah, down 34 cents a gallon. Prices cracked on eggs, too, over a buck cheaper per dozen. 
The cost of living, though, continues to keep inflation readings high, although with median rents down 2%, hope that Go affordability will improve down. next year. Yeah. A light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe because more people are homeless and less places was... are being rented? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> something. Yeah, like, no. Like, rent prices everywhere in the country are... People like... don't understand is, you know, yes, it, it matters day to day, but, like, inflation was 1% this month and it was 3% this month. Like, both those months, I was fucking broke. Like, the, that does, the average person doesn't see a difference when inflation changes by 2%. No, not when it's... To another. Right. It, like, it's more long-term than that. People are basically trying to claim credit. Well, and when they, they talk about, well, inflation's down, they, they talk about that, like, saying prices are down. Right. And it's not the same thing. No. Inflation being down has does not bring prices down. No. Zero it's percent inflation. How going up. If you have zero percent inflation, you still don't even get to base point. Right. You just stop getting higher. Stop getting worse. Exactly. Like it, yeah. Deflation yeah. doesn't bring prices down, and we don't can't ever have that. Apparently. And I get it, but also like overcorrection. Yeah. High drama on Wall Street when Silicon Valley Bank collapsed in March, becoming the Remember biggest that? collapse mm -hmm. since the like 2008 financial crisis. Overshadowed just weeks later when First Republic failed as well, exposing bad. And I, I don't know this with 100% certainty, but what I know of that is it fucked up a lot of rich people. Mm -hmm. This means nothing to my. Oh, well, then life. they bailed them out. It didn't fuck up a right. lot of rich people. The, the, yeah, the, the, this made nothing happen to me. No, it, it took money from our 401ks and mm -hmm. our, our retirement plans because what they did is all these people had their accounts that had a higher amount than is insured. The mm -hmm. FDIC is like $250,000 your accounts are insured. And these people, you could have opened 10 accounts and put $250,000 each one. Every one of them would have been insured and you could have been fine. They did it. They just stacked millions No, because they're fucking loosey-goosey with right. the rules. Exactly. And, they're, and they're gambling. Mm -hmm. They're fucking gambling and they lost. Yep. And then, and then immediately the government turned around and bailed out every single one. That's fucking like, garbage. No, that money was not supposed to be insured. Mm -mm. And we still That's why you had a chance at a higher return. Exactly. Yeah, no, right. You can't have it both ways. They do have it both ways. High high reward, low, no mm -hmm. risk, right? No, no risk because they're gonna get bailed out, but all the rewards are the high risk. No, but if I go and bet a thousand dollars on a fucking football game next week and lose, like I'm not gonna pay my rent. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like right. no one's gonna bail me out of that. No, no. I could have made two thousand dollars though. Should've should have better. Should have been better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You guys lost. Go right. fuck yourself. Right. That's how I feel I, about the whole GameStop thing. Yeah. Like, all of it. Like, fuck you. You lost. Mm -hmm. Bummer, dog. And then stepped in to prevent anybody else from winning mm -hmm. in the process. Yeah, like, absolutely. Shut it down. Heaven forbid the, the regular people have some kind of taste of what that's like. Bad bets made by poor managers. And in the crypto world, Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of the now-defunct crypto exchange FTX, was found guilty on charges of fraud and money laundering and facing up not to 110 free. years in prison. <laughs> but it wasn't all bad blood this year. It was the ladies who may have kept the economy upbeat. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Taylor Swift's Eras Tour became the first ever to gross a billion dollars, with spending at tour stops estimated to have injected up to $5 billion in local economies. Yeah, well, Queen B grossed yeah. over half a million dollars on her tour, 
with her own estimated $4.5 billion possibly boosting those economies. And of course, the iconic doll, Barbie, raked in $1.4 billion, the highest grossing film of the year. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. All part of an eventful 2023 in the world of business. I don't watch movies really. I'm not a movie person. Like, I used to work at Blockbuster and just got burnt out. And so I've seen like 10 movies in 10 years, and I have seen Barbie three times. <laughs> I love it. I don't care. It's I, I mean, it's cool. And, you know, like they're saying, you know, when Beyonce goes on tour, there's a, a team, a very large team of mm -hmm. people that all make that happen. She's not the only one working. Right. Right. But these are still individuals making a shit ton of money. Oh, yeah. No, that's <laughs> true. For sure. Like people. Trying, this, this doesn't help you, the worker. People yeah. go online and try and defend Taylor Swift. Oh, she's the only single ethical billionaire. No, she's not. No, she's just. The cute young one. And she's less terrible than lots of them, sure. Sure. I know nothing personal right? about but, her. That's but, not where but I'm But having going. that amount of money inherently makes you a not ethical person. Mm -hmm. just does. All right. So uh, here's uh, uh, organized labor's wins in 2023 may spur more strikes in 2024. So that would be great. Um, so in 2023, we had the most work days lost to strikes since the year 2000. Nice. Uh, more major labor contracts are set to expire in 2024, setting the stage for further work stoppages. When it says more, like more than something, or just no, like additional, there are more okay. additional major contracts. Um, while unions made big gains in 2023, they represent just six percent of the private sector workforce and face significant headwinds. Um, I wonder what. If we're at six percent. I wonder what it was in 1930. My understanding, the height of unions was close. It was like 30 to 40 percent was at the most. Yeah, yeah something like that. Less than 50. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure. But it doesn't matter because it trickles out. Like if it, you get the union workers get wages, it we saw it with the auto. Mm -hmm. Like immediately, Volkswagen, Toyota, Subaru, they all started raising their wages because they didn't want. You know, to, to equal the unions, but they don't want the unions in the shop. So it does have. It's almost like they need you. Weird, right? They need yeah. your labor almost. in order to make money. They can't make it by themselves. Tell them that. They pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and they're single handedly responsible for everything. Yeah, Mr. A, T, and T. Yeah. And those three guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Elon Musk is like personally responsible for building every single Tesla on the road because he's so important and involved. Yeah. Dude, I would love to see him trying to put a car together. <laughs> <laughs> no, no bullshit. I would pay to watch that. <laughs> I did. Here's a fucking screwdriver. Go figure it out. Oh, God. Okay, so next year's calendar of major contract expirations includes uh, members in July. Holly, sorry, I skipped one. Includes communication workers at AT and T in April, Hollywood crew members in July, and dock workers and Boeing uh, machinists in September. So those are the next year's big big ones. Contract expert. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, already, there's speculation that strike next autumn all could affect the presidential election. Which, duh. in the fall's gonna. Yeah, I bet Biden doesn't go and just shut all those ones down. Oh, wow, we didn't say earlier. Happy Insurrection Day to you. Mm. Third anniversary. <laughs> all right, so this is a graph of the uh, major work stoppages from 1947 to present. So uh, the blue line is the number of stoppages, and the yellow bar is the total workers involved. 
So we still have a long way to go to get back to like labor strength. Anything. What's crazy though is this is starting to pop back up finally. But what what we're not seeing in this is the population difference. Right. Right. These are inverse graphs. The population's been steady rising since then, but the number of people, the number of stoppages is still going down. Right. That makes so sense. it's yeah. worse, it's than, worse it than it looks. Yeah. Yeah, good point. <clears throat> All right. So nonetheless, the 2020 or 2023 labor contract suggests that the tables may have turned in favor of unionized workers after decades of organizing failures and declining influence. GM, Ford, Stellantis, UPS, WGA, SAG after Kaiser Permanente. Um, the Las Vegas culinary workers and the Detroit casino workers all saw gains due to uh, either proposed strikes or strikes. Do it. So that's that's excellent. Right. Well, Here working full time and not making enough to to just survive to live. Strike. Do it. Right. Do it. Now we're gonna have our spot the propaganda segment. Which, like I said, is <clears throat> uh, this time is more a segment of uh, propaganda of actions. Wait, hold on. Still have sound here. All right, people gotta let me know if we are missing sound again. I think it should be fine. Actually, let me just do this. I'm just gonna go back into it all the way and make sure we have sound. I think that's what happened last time. Is I think I switched things and it didn't uh, pull the sound from one uh, thing to the other. Let's see. That does it. There we go. That should do it. Okay. All right. So today's uh, spot propaganda is about the comedic tragedy at the southern border. All right. So my, these are some headlines. Um, they basically say nothing. So, migrant caravan advances north as U.S. officials head to Mexico on December 26th. On December 28th, Mexican leaders travel to U.S. to discuss border and migration. They're literally, like, spending all this money flying to each other. Get on the phone. Get on this. Like, this is not helping. We're just going to keep traveling back and forth and, like... Look like we're doing something because then all the headlines are, oh, we're traveling down there to go talk and solve the problem. Nah, man, you're going for tacos. <laughs> Come on. Yep. And so then uh, Chicago mayor says Abbott is causing governor, uh, Texas governor Greg Abbott, is causing chaos by sending migrant buses. Uh, so if you don't know, oh, here we go. Uh, let's just read this. Uh, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson uh, said Sunday that Texas Governor Greg Abbott was sowing seeds of chaos by sending buses of migrants to Chicago without prior warning and called for greater coordination between state and local officials. Uh, Governor Abbott is determined to continue to sow seeds of chaos. And last night and several nights before, a number of buses continued to arrive in the city of Chicago throughout and uh, excuse me throughout the country with any coordination without any coordination. And now he's taken on this very dangerous task of placing individuals on airplanes and flying them into our various cities. This certainly, this is certainly a matter of not just our national security, but it's the type of chaos that this government is committed to administering. Um, so he is basically saying, "Well, 
at least let us know when you're going to send the buses, right? Like, that's a, we'll just coordinate with us. That's a whole big complaint. But the whole reason uh, that he's doing, that Governor Abbott's doing this, is to hold them to their own account. The mayors of these cities, New York, Chicago, have declared themselves sanctuary cities, right? They're not border cities. Right. So they can call themselves sanctuary cities all they want, and they have a you know immigrant population of 1%. Great. Right. It's all right. virtue signaling. And so Governor Abbott is telling them, put your money where your mouth is. Here they are. Take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, there should still absolutely be some coordination. Oh, sure. Um, but, I mean, if he's going for shock value, you probably shouldn't do that with busfuls of people. I mean, like he's... people's lives. They don't care. No, of course not. But I'm not saying he's a good guy here, but I'm saying no. that he he's doing it to call out the hypocrisy of the the right. right. And it wouldn't if even if he was coordinating with them, they'd be bitching about something. Sure, sure. So this is just the way to bitch. Well, at least if they would do this, then bullshit. That's not actually going to solve the problem. You don't actually care, which we will prove. Yeah, they. It sounds like you know the people involved with those other cities were looking for votes. And said things. Yeah. And now they're being asked to back those things up. And so here's where we get to the actually making the problem worse instead of just not making it better. So uh, New York City Mayor uh, Eric Adams is suing the bus companies for $700 million to cover the care of the thousands of migrants that were bused from Texas to New York City. I'm going to let him explain the logic of that to you because I cannot. New York City has and will continue to do our part to manage this humanitarian crisis. But we cannot bear the course of reckless political ploys from the state of Texas alone. Today, our administration filed a lawsuit against 17 companies that have taken part in Texas Governor Greg Abbott's scheme to transport tens of thousands of migrants to New York City in an attempt to overwhelm our social services system. Not These why companies he did. have. He didn't do it in an attempt to overwhelm your system. He did it because his systems are over fucking well. Right. And you have all this, you know, stand on a pedestal and say how good you are about what you do. That's why he did it. Yeah. Not, not to. Oh, I don't like this guy, and I want. I'm going to explicitly out to overwhelm New York's systems. That's not was not the thought process. Not that his thought process was good, but way to miss the fucking point. They're all just swinging their dicks at each other. But, but let's back that up again, though, because he, what he just said right there. These companies have violated state law by not paying the cost of caring for these migrants. Explain that to you. How does that make sense? I'm a bus company. I am paid to transport people from one place to another. These passengers work tickets were purchased for them, whether by the state, by themselves, whoever. The bus company took those people from point A to point B, and they fulfilled their contract. That's what they're supposed to do. They did that thing. So how are you saying it is against state law that the bus companies didn't care for the migrants? How is is that possibly the bus company's responsibility? And again, I'm not pro-corporation, I'm not pro-bus company, but of all the things you can go after the bus company, yeah, no, like, go after them for their shitty labor practices or their wage theft or their 
you know, organization busting activities, whatever. But no, they did their job. They got their passengers safely from A to B. We must sue because they didn't buy them. And I'll be goddamned the if they were on time. Yeah, <laughs> Very silly. And that's why we are suing to recoup approximately $700 million already spent to care for migrants bust here in the last two years. For $700 million, you could have paid, you could have bought every one of those migrants a house. How are you telling me it has cost you $700 million? Like the, the way money just flows through the nonprofits and the, the shelter systems and the, the whatever, it's so disgusting. It's such a vacuum. It just, those services and systems just suck up millions of fucking dollars and it all gets paid out in salaries to all the workers of those fucking systems without actually helping the people. So yeah, we've spent $700 million. We fuck, put them in a homeless shelter. Like. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it definitely costs money to run those services. No, it does. And I'm not saying that the, the system is inherently his fault here. I'm just saying that if it, you have managed to spend $700 million to help migrants and you're not any better off, like you haven't helped them. They're not, you didn't buy them houses. They're not, they're not doing well. They're not, you know, they're still just fucking living in the streets, basically. Like, gross. By the state of Texas. Governor Abbott's continuing use of migrants as political pawns is not only chaotic and inhumane, but makes clear he puts politics over people. Today's lawsuit should serve as a warning to all those who break the law in this way. Wow. Right? I don't like what you're doing, so I am going to bring you to court. Right. It will never go anywhere. No money will ever exchange hands except for to lawyers. Yep. And um, and he gets to stand up in front of a podium. Give his little press conference. And give his little press conference. So, yeah. So that was our uh propaganda of not just inaction, but wrong action. Like they he, he gets to stand there and act like he's doing something and go and talk to his voters, his constituents. See, look what I'm doing. You didn't do anything. Mm. Not anything productive, not anything helpful. All you did was give yourself talking points. Congratulations. Like that's not productive. Okay, so now it's time for our uh mutual aid signal boost. Um, I'm hoping now that we are live streaming, we get some more interaction in this segment. Um, during this segment, we will read all relevant chats, even if they're unpaid. Um, otherwise, chats that happen uh, in YouTube and Rumble chats, um, we won't don't generally engage and read the chats unless they're paid chat. But in this segment, we will. Um, anything that has to do with uh, mutual aid, so you don't have to spend any money. Um, so if you know of any mutual aid groups that are trying to expand their reach, this is the time to spread the word. And if you're not watching this live, you're watching this recording or listening on the podcast, um, you can email us at divergentpolitics at gmail.com, and we will share that info during our next episode. We'll also post relevant website links and contact information in the show notes for each episode. So now let's get on to political headlines. So yeah, that's what we're all here for. Up and make sure we got sound again. I really don't know why that. Happened. 
All right, cool. So we're going to always start this uh, with topics we don't have time to cover tonight, but that you should definitely look into on your own. There's a lot of those tonight. Um, it's been a while since we did a show, so we're playing catch up. All right, so things we're not going to talk about are uh, Trump being removed from the ballot in Maine and removed and then re-added to the ballot in mm. Colorado. He was put back on while the, the court things are working themselves out. Um, Jeffrey Epstein's little black book was open to, made open to the public. Uh, we're still learning about names and things that are coming out of there. So far, hasn't been any major crazy bombshells. Um, Stephen Hawking and uh, Noam Chomsky were listed, but doesn't mean they were, uh, you know, so far anybody that's been named, there's nothing actually like, you know, damning against them, but still a lot of names you want to think of when you're in. Sure. Uh, I mean, it sounds like there was all sorts of just rich people dumb shit going right. on. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't necessarily illegal or gross, right. but I'm sure that happened too. Yeah. Um, and then multiple people were wounded, um, and I think it was one person and then the shooter dead in 2024's first school shooting of the year. You always remember your first. Yeah, right. Exactly. Unfortunately, this is like the hundredth or something. You can't like 18 months or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, first of the year, great. Um, and then Consumer Reports finds widespread pleasant presence of plastics in our food. So that's fun. Not surprising at all. We're all eating plastic. Um, and then uh, Nimarata Nikki Haley Ne Randawa. I don't even know. I guess how you say that. That's Nikki Haley. That's her actual name. And she like whitewashes. All herself. five of those? Uh, so Ne means maiden name. So oh, gotcha. her first okay. name, like Nimarata Nikki Randawa. I can't even say that. Uh, it's her married name or maiden name. And then she married. And so she's Haley. And then she dropped her first name and goes by her middle name. Sure. So she has a very whitewashed middle name. And she's very not. Right. But God no, if you can't pronounce your name, no. well, I say that, but uh, Ramaswamy's actually doing okay. I say if you can't pronounce your name, you can't run as a Republican. But if people figured out how to pronounce Vivek Ramaswamy, I, yeah. right? So I don't know. She, she can't even own who she is. Definitely not who I want to be our first one president. Um, and it seems like she's probably got the best chance if uh, at this point if Trump uh, doesn't like is kept off the ballot or can't for whatever reason. Uh, the actually the freaking. I'd still rather have her than DeSantis. I I don't know, man. The the liberal media is is coming together and telling people Democrats to register as Republican, to vote in the Republican primary, and to vote for Nikki Haley, and not it's kind of the opposite of what they did with Trump. Like they wanted Trump to run because they thought he was the weak, going to be the weakest candidate. Mm -hmm. But this is the opposite. They're they they're now saying like like Chris Hayes, MSNBC, out loud. We think Biden is number one, but we think Haley's number two. So we would really like everybody to go vote for Haley in the primary. So we make sure it's not Biden Trump. So at least we have like the possibility of whatever. That's how much faith you have in your what own a party. Fucking lame duck fucking idea. Right? Like you, you, the Democratic Party can put nobody up on offer who is better. And so now they're like, well, you know. We're basically the same now, right? We're all centrists, and we would rather have her than, you know, other Donald Trump. If we get another Donald Trump, it, it's all getting burned to the ground. Probably what it needs at this point, anyway. 
Um, and then uh, hoax bomb threats have closed down multiple state capitals and other uh, government buildings across the country. It's better than real bomb threats. It is better than real bomb threats. All right, so the uh, the segment we missed last week is uh, Jeff Bezos startup buying single family homes as rentals, which is just excellent. Yeah, That's like like as a majority of the total homes sold yep. in that year, right? Yeah. So your next landlord could be a bunch of people backed by Jeff Bezos's money. Uh, the company called Arrived launched in 2021 and allowed investors to invest as little as $100 to purchase shares in an individual home, creating a whole bunch of mini landlords. Can you imagine anything worse as a renter? You're renting. No, my no, fucking breaks. can't. My furnace breaks and I got to contact 500 of you. They got to have a fucking board meeting? Yeah. Oh, my God. That sounds the worst. Yeah. The company now plans to allow in a broad portfolio of housing. Uh, the company explained it is betting on single-family home rentals because fewer and fewer people can afford to buy homes and more people are stuck renting, exacerbating the problem it is profiting from. Not excellent. So good. Uh, the current company currently lists over 300 homes for investment, and about half a million. No, I people thought this was something investment. different because I, I thought I remember hearing it was like several percent of the. Oh, total. that's total. This is Jeff Bezos's one company. Okay. Okay. So, so the, as a whole, these firms are buying. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Exactly. No, th this is his yeah, one. Three hundred homes. Shit. No, like this is his one company that's fairly new. There we go. There well, we that's go. what you're thinking. Yep. So 44%. No, this is not going to end well. 44% of single family home purchases were by private equity firms in 2023. Um, it's a meme with a picture of BlackRock and the block tech that says this ain't going to end well. So yeah, no, that's not, that's not great. There is just nobody can, can buy a house because they're all converted to rentals and there's none for sale, only for rent. And then they jack the prices up. All right, so I found this article, Eight Facts About Investor Activity in the Single Family Rental Market. Gosh, they're probably going to be gross. Yeah, and so this was by the Joint Center for Housing Studies of Harvard University, which, as much as I don't care about, you know, current stuff going on at Harvard, you know, the presidents and the politics and whatever, I trust the study for what that's worth. All right, so here are the eight facts, um, and then we'll get into a little bit more about them. So number one, single-family rentals have long been a substantial part of the rental stock. Two, investor activity in the single-family market increased significantly since, since the, the pandemic. pandemic. Yep. Uh, three, investors are most likely to purchase lower-cost homes. Because, of course, they don't want to rent to the high-end people because high-end people can buy them. Well, because they don't care because they're not right. going to live there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when, when you, you might be living there, you very much care where your house right. is and what it costs. Yes, this is the mom and pops who bought a house and then moved out and then rented mm -hmm. it out, right? Yeah. Um, so investor activity is especially pronounced in Sunbelt markets with strong rent and population growth. Sunbelt markets? What's that? South. South oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, not, a, not a type of yeah, housing yeah, market, but we're talking the Sunbelt of the country. Yep, yep. Gotcha. Uh, five, investor activity increased for investors of all sizes since the start of the pandemic, though much of the growth was driven by large investors. And Wait, so you're telling me all these rich people had like excess money during Weird. the pandemic? Yeah. That they I mean, just got to invest? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
not did they got to out. invest their money while we were starving to to yeah. starve me later right um so six rental property ownership is shifting away from individual ownership toward more ownership by business entities which is just terrible i have seen this firsthand in in the repair industry mm -hmm. auto, automotive repair shops are being built up by or being bought up by by investor groups right and they're ran like a fucking bank yeah they, they're they're ran like a spreadsheet these right because that's who's actually making that's the decisions who, that's who's making the decisions yeah. it's not someone that used to fix cars and now owns a shop right and and this is bad for business it is it's bad for it, it is all bad for the consumer right of that business yeah. Right? It's bad for the people who work in that industry. The only person it's good for is those fucking investors. The shareholders. That's it. That's who any of this, anything we're dealing yep. with right now is good for. We're talking about this morning. Welcome to end stage capitalism. Mm -hmm. like it's, all we can do is chase extract. the bottom dollar. Extract. Like, yep. Yep. This, this business is running and operating. Let's extract yep. all the extra out of it. It used to be, let's <laughs> make a superior product to our company, to our competitors. And now it's, let's make the product cheaper. To our competitors that's it and that's all it is cheaper 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 less quality worse quality worse working conditions worse everything of race to the bottom all right uh number seven large rental operators own a small share of the single family rental stock uh, but they do own a large chunk of the multi-family so apartment building sure versus housing um and then single family rental construction hit record highs during the pandemic i don't even understand how that is like planned in part of the construction that you're planning building a whole community of rentals. I don't understand. Like from the outset, these are never for sale to anybody except an investor. From the outset, you can't buy these houses to live in. That's so gross. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. It's gross. All right. And so then this is uh, non individual investors only a growing share of rental properties so this is 2001 versus 2021 um, so share of rental properties owned by non so by businesses so single individual house you can see is the lowest right mm -hmm. um then you do duplexes to fourplexes five to 25 and then you get 50 units or more and those are almost exclusively owned by companies sure and versus the individual uh mom and pop owners which makes sense, right? Not the, average, not the average person can afford to manage, you know, 50 or more apartments. Right. And by the time they can, they have, they hire they a company become, to do that. They have become an investment group. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's true. All right. So prior to 2021, the percentage of single family homes being used as rentals hovered around 30%, give or take a few. Um, the sale of investor purchased single family homes prior to the pandemic averaged about 16%. Jesus. And in the first quarter of 2022, it was 28%, so almost double. Um, and then this is the single family built for rent reached record highs in 2022. So this is the one time I don't understand how you even do that. Like 10 per less than 10% of houses were built for rentals in the the mid 70s you know up to about 20 percent you get the, you know the crash around 2008 which you kind of expect but now here we're 80 percent or 80,000 that number of thousand 80,000 versus 10,000 
know, being built for rentals. For we are specifically building these as they cannot be purchased by an individual homeowner. They're taking the single best way to become, you know, get out of the working class into the middle class of owning a home, owning land, and they are doing everything they can to take that out of the reach of the average person and succeeding. Like, um, in 2022, about 33% of single homes sold in Miami went to investors. In uh, Jacksonville, Atlanta, it was 25% of sales. In Philadelphia, Cleveland, and L.A., it was roughly 20% of sales. Uh, investors who own at least 1,000 homes have nearly half of their stock of single-family homes in only six markets. Atlanta, Phoenix, Dallas, Charlotte, Houston, and Tampa. Uh, also where people are really poor and really dense population. Um, and, you know, things, things and, are relatively cheap. And seriously. those are all... I'm not sure what the term for it is, but like the opposite of how Anchorage is. All those cities have lots of land. Right. Yeah. All those cities are grow. large, sprawling cities mm -hmm. that have single family homes. Right. They don't have to be dense mm -hmm. because they don't have to stack on top of each other. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then uh, that's sure. that's interesting because mm -hmm. because fucking New York is not on there. L.A. is not on there. Yep. Right. Yeah. They all have to build up. Mm hmm. Um, so the share of properties owned by entities, not mom and pop, increased from 18% in 2001 to 27% in 2021. So looking great for millennials and Gen Z trying to buy houses, right? No, right. no. So now we're going to talk about uh, basically happening World War III right now. Um, because we've been off for a couple weeks, there have been so many separate individual attacks and individual flare up of like we're literally just going to read a list of headlines we're, we're not even going to get into the details of them because we would be here literally all night so all right i'm going to start with the uh, the russia ukraine war this is what's been bubbling up over there that's not still going on oh it sure is yeah kidding, you, which you would for you wouldn't think because of, no it's not about anymore no, it just totally dropped off. Yeah. Dropped off the talking talking ads. All right. And so these are all from the last couple days of 2023, the first couple days of 2024. This is all recent. Um, so Russia attacks Ukraine with ballistic missiles provided by North Korea. This is like new. What the fuck is North Korea building that Russia can't build? That is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Russia appears poised to purchase ballistic missiles from Iran. Oh, okay. They're just out of them. Yeah. Yeah. They, All right. Yeah. yeah. We just ran out. We need everyone's. Uh, satellite images show Russian Navy ship burning after Ukraine strike in Crimea. So that's this right here. This is the smoking so it did not appear. Well, there's your problem. Your boat's too close to the land. <laughs> um, and then we got uh, Ukraine attacked Russian city. Uh, I spelled that. Spelled that. And occupied Crimea overnight as retaliatory strikes intensify. Type all these so far. Pardon the spelling. <laughs> um, Russia strikes residences and supermarket in Ukraine capital and other cities. Uh, Ukraine strikes back with drones after massive Russian missile attack. Uh, Russia Ukraine exchange hundreds of prisoners of war. This I hadn't heard of. Um, and we have a little video on this. 
little bit of not terrible. Russia and Ukraine exchange hundreds of prisoners of war. And the biggest single release of captives since Russia's full scale invasion in 2022. Ukrainian authorities said that 230 Ukrainian prisoners of war were returned home. Russia's defense ministry said that 248 Russian servicemen have been freed under the deal offered by the UAE. Jesus. Thank you for exchanging. The UAE is, is helping negotiate prisoner transfers? Yeah, no, they've That's been insane. The UAE has been really involved in trying to get the cease, uh, get a ceasefire in, in Gaza. Like, they're super involved in all this like everybody quit fucking killing each other which is not who you would expect not, to be not the, the americans the no. no who can we give more money to to keep this going no we're the bullies jesus christ and then this guy says thank you for exchanging us the mood is great we're going to eat now we're already home and this is the most important thing <laughs> Look at that. All right, so now we're going to talk about the Israel genocide slash Middle East quagmire. Here's some headlines from there. All right, Hezbollah warns of retaliation after killing a senior Hamas leader in Lebanon. This is no longer contained. Like it never really was contained. It's kind of all over the place now. Uh, Hezbollah hits Israel with anti-tank missile. Macron urges de-escalation of war. That's a uh, yeah. um, Like I said, I didn't even read all of these articles because it would have taken hours but I was just finding the headlines. Wait, with so much going on, they, they all kind of blend together. Yeah, right, exactly. Like you the you could take, take the Hezbollah and put Iraq in there and then take this out and put something. Like, mm -hmm. you could just swap names around and the stories would probably still be mostly yeah. accurate. Or at least together. accurate enough that you wouldn't think enough to right. think about it. Yep. So all Everyone's right. fucking with everybody. Here's the, the scary one. U.S. strike kills militia leader blamed for Iraq attacks, Pentagon says. We are very involved. involved and very engaged, which is not great. Uh, U.S. strike kills militia leader, blamed for Iraq attacks, Pentagon says. Um, an Israeli airstrike in Syria kills a high-ranking Iranian general. Israel, Syria, Iran. All in just that one headline as far as chaos, like... Uh, Iran sends warship to Red Sea after U.S. sinks Houthi boats. U.S. We did that. We did that. Uh, Israel Hamas live updates. Islamic State behind Iran's suicide bombings. And actually, uh, ISIS has claimed responsibility. Uh, I think it's Iran is saying they don't believe. Somebody's saying they don't believe that. Which I don't fucking know. I just claimed responsibility for them to do it. But somebody's arguing that it wasn't ISIS and was somebody else. Um, and then 12 people, mostly children, killed in Gaza zone, declared safe by Israel. Isn't that nice? Go there, you'll be safe. Boom. Oh. A fucking joke. 
And then uh, Secretary Blinken's travel to Turkey, Greece, Jordan, Qatar, UAE, Saudi Arabia, Israel, the West Bank, and Egypt. We're going to send our Secretary of State over there to just try and well, let's just see if we can smooth some feathers and just put it on the god. No, he shows up to the party. He's like, hey, guys, how's it going? Mm-hmm. Like, you're the one doing all this right. shit. Yeah. No. <laughs> hey, Blinken, can you stop any of this? Nope. No. Well, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, then. exactly. Like, like, get the fuck out of here. When you're going, when you are the person that could stop yeah, this. Yeah, you are the problem. And and you won't. So, I, Look, I, I, I have to assume, like, a lot of those leaders are like, I don't want to be seen with this guy. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be in a picture with this motherfucker. Right. All right. Uh, explosions killed dozens gathered for anniversary of Soleimani assassination. I mean, the final total is like 80 people. Jesus. Um, Gaza City in ruins after Israel-Hamas war fighting. So this is going to be, and I apologize to the people who aren't listening on the podcast, because this is a mostly, uh, it's, it's very visual. But we're just going to take a quick look at the ruins of what was once Gaza. Gaza city in ruins after Israel-Hamas fighting. There's a metropolis. It was a city. Huge swaths of downtown area and were ravaged Gaza city have been heavily damaged, leaving many streets completely unrecognizable. Look at that. The vast majority of buildings near the central Palestine Square neighborhood have been either significantly damaged or completely leveled. People just walk around looking for their stuff, looking for uh, Gaza, Gaza City has been one of the epicenters of fighting between Israel and Hamas. More than 22,000 Palestinians in Gaza have been killed by Israeli fire and airstrikes since the war between Israel and Hamas broke out. 22,000! Their whole thing original was 1200 people were were killed and oh my god the outrage at 1200 people fans right there i mean that's or, a lot of people it is don't get me wrong no, it, but is. it ain't fucking 22,000. right that's what i like the just it's not self-defense at that point no there's nothing in this video that's no. self-defense and i abducted none of them 240 was yeah so so that's what gaza looks like after Weeks and weeks and weeks of just bomb after bomb after bomb. From the, the world's most just army. Moral army. Moral, excuse most me, moral, most army. moral army. All right. <clears throat> so now <clears throat> we're going to see uh, a defendant attacks a judge in Las Vegas during sentencing. This is nutso. Um, this was from the Guardian. Wait, Guardian News, not the Guardian. Um. I said that happens a lot. Probably. Oh, no, it said the Guardian News. No. That's funny. It, it's posted, this G right here is Guardian News. And they, like, shared the Guardian. That's hilarious. So, all right, we're going to watch this. But here you can see just from the thumbnail. <laughs> I, I didn't catch this video without any sound. Yeah, I'm you excited. saw me, right? Like, I'm excited to hear the sound. Yeah, this is, like, the full minute. Um, I'm just going to let it play and try not to talk. This video better contain some violence that right. I find distressing. Yeah, the Guardian warning the video <laughs> contains violence. It fucking better. Find distressing. The judge is very clearly distressed. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go. In accordance with the laws of the state of Nevada, this court... Oh, f-
Dude flew like a Muppet flies when you throw when they get thrown somewhere. But I figure that you know if I'm in a better place in my life, I'm not doing drugs, not you know, I'm not after committing crimes now. No, yeah, so he's been sentenced for battery and bodily harm. I think it's time that he previously served prison time for domestic assault. I just can't with that history. In accordance with the laws of the state of Nevada, this court. Walk over here. Walk over here. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. That part. Yeah, that video didn't have this stuff, right? No, just wailing on just wimps, wimps, crap. So, so yeah, that's the risk of being. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you should you shouldn't assault anyone. But no. That person has the authority to not, your not let you be free. Yeah, end your life. Like. All right, so now I'm gonna. I wanted to start trying closing out the political uh, segment with a political cartoon. Um, this <laughs> one just fit. So I've got three words sitting in a tree, and one says Trump or Biden, Trump or Biden, Trump or I can't decide. I can't stand either one. And then somebody else says there's always RFK Jr. And then someone else pops in, just write in Taylor Swift, which very mel may well be what I end up doing. <laughs> I, I'd rather have Taylor Swift than RFK. That's right. God yeah, sure. exactly. 100%. Oh. All right, so that is the end of political headlines. All right, and then so. RFK is scary, man. Huh? RFK is scary. Yeah, no, he is. Like, that terrifies me. Um, all right, so we're just going to do our quick little plug here um, and try and do this just once an episode. Um, but we. Uh, Gotta get up there. So, if you like what you're hearing and you want to support us, we've got several ways you could do that. First, there we go. Get that uh, merch. Yeah, several ways you do that. Uh, first off, we've got merch. We set up the DP merch store, so the prices uh, they're a little wonky um, because for every item you buy, we get exactly ten dollars. The initial um, Prices they had set up had creators getting everywhere from thirty cents to thirty dollars per item. So we decided to just set the prices so that no matter what you buy, we get ten bucks. Um, and I know probably none of you are going to spend fourteen dollars on a sticker, uh, but you can get one for free uh, if all of paid member uh, paid memberships include a free iHeart DP sticker. Which Oops, there we go. That thing. Um, lots of colors available. Yeah, lots of colors. So you just have to let us know what color you'd like and um, where to ship it. You can check all of the colors um, uh, and everything else at divergentpolitics.com. We have links to the merch store there. And then um, also all paid memberships will uh, get an exclusive invite to our monthly Rant and Ramble on Rumble episodes. Um, and you can check out Patreon for the different tiers. You can also sign up to the middle tier on Substack that has an optional annual discount. Um, and if you can't contribute financially, I feel you. You still play a vital role here. We would love for you to engage with us. 
Liking, subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing our content is the most helpful thing anyone can do. Right now, we need to get the subscribers. Can't actually start making any money this until we hit, I think, a thousand subscribers. So let's start there. Um, if we can get that, we can actually start start doing some stuff here. Um, and then you can also sign up for free at Substack for just a newsletter. Stay in touch with us. So when we release an episode or if we have to make any changes, we will send an email that way. And they also hold... And when we're 30 minutes late starting out. Yeah, right. When we're 30 minutes late starting out like today. Um, they also host the podcast version of the show. So links to all of these things and more can be found on our website at divergentpolitics.com. All right, so now we have our apolitical palate cleanser. Make sure I get sound. I wish it would default to sound on instead of sound off, which I kind of get. All right. All right. Oh, so hell yeah. Cat saves dog being attacked by coyote. This is, it's short, but it was, I was impressed. This fucking cat is badass. Which is technically a dog being attacked by a dog. By dogs, yeah, exactly. I don't know, man. This is more of a Muppet being attacked by a coyote. Like, it's a small little... Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, look at that thing. Small little thing. Looks delicious. Right? That's a coyote's dog. (laughs) Let's play this. Doing tricks. Ah, Here we at the end. One lucky dog back to feeling like her old self after surgery and now getting her stitches out. This is all after getting attacked by coyotes and she was saved by her sister. It's a black cat. Caitlin Ogle introduces (laughs) us to the hero and the owner. It was kind of inspired by it, quite frankly. Oakley is a white dog. Binks, a black cat. They're polar opposites, but they're family. This wooded backyard is Binx's domain. She was a neighborhood cat, just showed up when she was about two months old. November 30th, while the family's two other big dogs were also outside, out of camera view, Lane Dyer says he let the six-year-old Havanese out to go to the bathroom. Out of nowhere was attacked by a coyote. Then another coyote appears. But see that to the left? Well, that's Binx saying not in her backyard. Jumped down and scared him off is the craziest thing ever. That gave Oakley enough time to run inside. Cut her open. She was gushing blood, you know, from her chest and her side. The Dyers rushed Oakley to the hospital. She was stitched up and her leg was put in a splint. Doctors telling family Oakley may lose the limb. Thankfully, it's still intact. But while waiting for her recovery, the Dyers tried to figure out what happened. Thankfully, we had security cameras. We were able to go back and actually look to see what happened. Yeah. It was inspiring to see just our little outdoor All cat just jump at two coyotes that, that were attacking this little dog who she loves and run them off. Now Oakley is back to her old self, doing <laughs> tricks <gasps> and eating treats while Binks keeps a watchful eye on the woods. Well, everybody who whines about outdoor cats, fuck you. Just yeah, right. <laughs> Oh boy, my cat would save my dog from a so stupid because my dog would be the scared thing of the cat. <laughs> Lucky dog. All right. That's that. So, do we have any uh, final thoughts or things we want to circle back to from the episode? 
Don't be an American idiot. Don't be an American idiot. There. That's uh, that's my wisdom to all. All right. So to close off then, uh, we know topics we cover can be bleak, so we try to end our episode on a positive note. Um, if we can't find a silver lining anywhere in the topics we covered, we'll take a moment to share something we're grateful for. So tonight's silver lining is 2023 being a banner year for the labor movement, and we hope to see lots more of these labor actions in 2024. Um, like you said, it, it should lead to more and more and more. You know, if the situations aren't going to improve, then we're going to make them improve. Right. Okay. And now our quote of the day at the video. How do you say that dude's name? Shooty. Somehow NC makes SH. Okay. Shooty. Like S-H-O-O-T-Y. Gatwa. Yep. Shooty Gatwa is the new newest Doctor Who. And there is something special about his sonic screwdriver. It's not long and pointed. What is that? Sonic screwdriver. My name is Shooty Gatwa. I'm going to be talking to you about my sonic screwdriver. We all know what the sonic screwdriver is. Magnificent piece of Gallifreyan technology that helps the doctor through all his scrapes and has lots of useful nooks and crannies to it. My favorite thing about the sonic is this message that is written in Gallifreyan symbols and it is a Rwandan proverb. It translates to the sharpness of the tongue defeats the sharpness of the warrior. You. I just thought that was awesome. That is cool. They actually like took the Gallifreyan language and took the Rwandan proverb, the sharpness of the tongue defeats the sharpness of the warrior, and put it on the back of his sonic. I just thought that was cool. I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. It that looked like it was the front of the oh, sonic. That's just awesome. saying. It's on the back, like the underside where it's handed. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You hold it like this, it can light up. Powered by a crystal, a purple one. It has this one. thing that can flip out that the doctor uses when he wants to connect like to another piece of technology. So like a USB port, <laughs> if you will. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember that the sharpness of the tongue always defeats the sharpness of the warrior. Don't forget to click below to subscribe to the official Love Doctor it. Who YouTube channel. I'm gonna let him get that book in there because yeah. the official Doctor Who. So don't watch the YouTube channel, but I like Doctor um, and so I figured we'd just uh, read a couple other Rwandan proverbs. Mm. Um, uh, uh, he who has traveled alone. Don't trust white people. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's probably number one. <laughs> <laughs> if not, it should. It hasn't turned out well no, for him. No, it hasn't. Um, but he who has traveled alone can tell what he likes, which I really liked that. Because if you spend your whole time around other people, you spend your whole life being told who you are by other people. Yeah. And yeah, it's not until okay. you spend some time alone that you start to figure out who you are. Um, pregnancy and fire cannot be kept secret. Not for long. <laughs> no, I can make sure where that comes up when you add the saying, but it's not wrong. And I thought it was fun. Um, uh, that's wonderful. When your beard appears, childhood disappears. Sure. Yeah. Right. With a few exceptions. Um, and then after familiar, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I was I didn't know that that was a Rwandan proverb. No, nah, I would have. Said John Wayne. Right, so, me too. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like Wild Wild West America thing. But of course, we've got that, you know, uh, just American exceptionalism just ingrained into us. We just think yep. it's all about us. So that explains Wait, that. other people have horses? Right? Weird. And proverbs. 
Um, and you can outdistance that which is running after you, but not that is running inside you, which is basically what Doctor Who is about. Like, right. That's the entire show premise right there. That, that, uh, yeah. They do a lot of running. They do. There's a lot of things running after them, mm-hmm. but they still have to deal with what's running inside of them. You can't get. So, yeah. That is that. So, that's it. Any uh, Anything else to say? All right. Well, that's our show. We hope you'll join us next time. Just a quick reminder to head over to our website at divergentpolitics.com for links to all of our socials, membership signups, and the DP merch store. Good night. Buy that merch. Buy that merch. <laughs>